believe me when I say I care about you. I was like, okay, John, hey, you're a four. Believe me when I tell you you're special. Mm. Or hey, mm. sexual anxiety. <laughs> believe me when I tell you, like, you're there's nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. Like, oh right. my God, just don't be your type and you'll, yeah. you'll do great. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> groundbreaking. Right, right. <laughs> so I'm constantly like generating these ideas for new threads where everybody can have a good time and I can have an excuse to share myself with you because I don't feel justified sharing unless I let you share too. The big hormone Enneagram. Hi, I'm John Lukovic, uh, sexual self-prez, over the five wing, four five eight trifix. Hi, I'm David Gray, self-prez, sexual, nine with one, nine seven four trifix. What up, it's Emika, I'm an eight wing seven, sexual self-prez, with eight five four fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy, I am a self-prez social three, wing four, with a If you like our podcast, guys, make sure you go like and subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. And if you really like us, you should definitely leave us a review. I forget what we're supposed to do. They make the two feel better about themselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, What what are we talking about? I forgot. We're we're trying to do damage control and make uh, Make twos feel better. Like us again. Oh, I (sighs) think some twos like us. Don't you worry. So annoying, Emika. Tell us all the horrible things that we've said about toots. I, okay, let me get my let me get my binder out. Yeah, I know yeah. you got it all written down. You got no. it on the spread spreadsheet. Welcome to Big Hormone Enneagram. Today, uh, we are uh, we are taking accountability for our uh, <laughs> marginalization of type two. Racial profiling. Our profiling. Logical profiling. <laughs> our, yeah, our our typism against uh, type twos that and, and that has been featured on this pod, and we have two lovely twos to uh, help us uh, absolve our sins. But before we introduce mm-hmm. them, um, you know, so the last two episodes we did, we were uh, trying to dispel the notion of counter type, and we talked a lot about. Um, the complete Enneagram by Beatrice Chestnut and the subtypes, countertypes that are based primarily on the work of Naranjo and Helen Palmer. And, uh, you know, from like listening over again, uh, you know, it's like, I think our criticisms are pretty pointed and harsh and blunt. And I, I stand behind our criticisms, but I, you know, I do feel that, you know, that I think it can easily be mistaken that our, our intent is to trash talk or to rip apart or, uh, to just bad mouth. And even though like we have a certain kind of delivery style, what I, like what I feel personally about this podcast and the work that all four of us are doing, uh, you know, it's that the Enneagram is emerging into the collective consciousness in a profoundly new way, mainstream way. And as it's emerging, there is so many poor ideas and misunderstandings and concepts that can really um, can really harm the or dilute the effectiveness of the Enneagram as a symbol of inner transformation and inner life. Like to me, the Enneagram as a symbol is like a profoundly sacred um, like scalpel for unpacking what is unconscious and for that to be emerging into a larger stage of you know like people's collective awareness. 
it requires a lot of um, a real sense of the sacredness of what the Enneagram means and represents. And with that comes a, a profound uh, need to honor the complexity and to really, really try to understand it and to really be able to discard ideas that aren't worthwhile. And so like, as an example, uh, the complete Enneagram book, it's, it's very impressive that it, you know, it's like clearly took a lot of work and a lot of effort. And there's a lot I see in there that as like a value, but I feel like, uh, you know, clinging too tightly to previous, uh, teachers and authors like, like, uh, Naranjo, who himself had a lot of good ideas and a lot of not so good ideas, uh, kind of, hurt what that book could have been and part of what we are interested here in encouraging everybody that's listening uh and who engages with the enneagram to do is to to discard all previous teachers all previous points of view discard our point of view and to learn how to um inquire into the enneagram and into one's own inner life and inner experience we're trying to make distinctions that are useful some of them may be more useful to you some may not be but it's like you know, this this is a, a way to sort of cut apart what, what pe- people kind of think that the Enneagram is already like a finished product, that it's already done, that it's already like ready or out there, and that it's just a matter of reading about what the what teachers and, and whoever have wrote down about it or whatever, have unpacked about it. And um, what we're trying to do here is say that like none of that shit, none of that shit really doesn't matter if it's just out in a book somewhere. It's got to be found in your own direct experience. and so. Uh, I know that everybody here, even though we can like talk shit, and make jokes or whatever, really, really fucking cares about the integrity of the Enneagram. And it really does come down, I think, for all four of us and all of our guests or whatever, is that there's a, like a real need for that integrity of what the Enneagram and the sacredness of the Enneagram. That's my line to one coming out. But still, uh, anyway, I just needed to say that. It's episode number 69 and you haven't called the love line yet. What's what's wrong with you? We are still taking voicemails for an upcoming episode that we're going to be doing on sexual kinks and fantasies. So send in any of your type-related sexual kinks and fantasies to 323-696-0647, or you can email in a voice note anonymously, of course, to vhepodcast@gmail.com. Also, if you are not following us on Instagram, you need to start following us on Instagram. Our old account, Big Hormone, got deleted. We have a new one, Big Hormone Enneagram. It's amazing. It's the same. Follow it today. So today we have uh, two lovely twos to help us out. Uh, we have my good friend Alex Drew and Faye Willow. And if you two could uh, introduce yourselves and say a little bit about who you are and if you want people to contact you and all that stuff and, and your types. I'm Faye Willow. I'm a two-wing three social sexual 269. And I am doing kind of similar stuff to Alex. So I'm currently in herbalism school. If anyone wants to check out the weird, potentially relevant things that looks like, you can find me on Instagram um, at de.la.la.fay. My name is Alex. I am a self pres sexual two wing one, two six nine. Uh, I am a birth doula, a death doula, a Reiki practitioner, and a dancer. Uh, my Instagram is at doula Giroux, G-I-R-O-U-X. Can you explain a little bit about uh, what a birth and death doula are? No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so birth doulas is probably more common. 
So you you support a birthing person through the process of prenatals, continuous labor support. You help them find resources. You make a postpartum plan, et cetera, et cetera. Death doulas are similar. Um, so you help a dying person or the family create a healthcare plan. So getting an advanced care directive going, a care plan, funeral planning. You might help at the time of death. You may not. You can do memorials. Uh, grief support, things like that. You get to split some of the inheritance also with them. <laughs> it's the goal, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've done long distance Reiki with Alex, and I didn't. I wasn't like a a Reiki believer, basically. But uh, there's a, it's a thing. I mean, I've done in person, but also long distance. And uh, yeah. So if that's something you're interested in, hit up Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, John. Yeah. Um, so I guess why we're having y'all on is because uh, we got some feedback from various twos in our lives that sort of our our takes on type two are usually somewhat sarcastic and negative. I mean, we do that with all the types, but I do think that with twos that we have had a kind of maybe dismissive attitude and not seeing, mm-hmm. not necessarily highlighting the gifts of two, but also. Um, I think that typologically, uh, all the f- all the podcaster f- folks here, uh, you know, like I'm a four with a five wing. David's got a four fix. Emika's got a four fix. Nancy has a four wing. Uh, that fourness is in a, is a little bit like at odds in a sense with twoness. And I, you know, and I know that Emika and I both have two mothers, so I do think that there's a little bit of a a, a collective podcast two shadow uh, <laughs> here. And so I think it's worth. Uh, talking about and also exploring to and kind of uh, understanding to on a, on a deeper level. I think too also brings up for people, um, you know, stuff around how they want to be nurtured, cared for, loved, you know, and stuff about maybe their own mothers, you know, so I think there's can be mm-hmm. besides us, you know, have our own prejudices typologically um i think that's a piece of Mm -hmm. some of the reactions around twos it's like because it's so personal too you know what i mean Mm -hmm. as far as Mm -hmm. like how you want to be nurtured how you want to be loved and cared for and mothered it's such an intimate kind of energy the two energy so i think uh that's one reason why there are certain reactions to twos that are you know sometimes not as friendly or whatever yeah david i wanted to say um in the doula work that i do a major part of that work is convincing people that they deserve care and support Mm -hmm. because in this Mm -hmm. sort of built into the culture is that you you do shit alone you don't need anybody Mm -hmm. and it's a weakness if you do and so i think Mm -hmm. there's a like a care phobia that we have a little bit a little bit yeah that makes the culture feel at odds with two as well not even just the four fixers or whoever Mm -hmm. there's a certain amount of like a discomfort with it i guess yeah i think that's a really good point and i also think that one of the you know the suspicion that people have about twos i think is that like their their love is insincere uh or that they're you know that they're (laughs) that they're giving to get and like uh you know and that's like like and there's there's something in there but there's there's a projection happening that like I think that yeah. the, the, the love of two is very, very sincere. And then I think that there's other things that sometimes ride on that, 
loved, but people dismiss it and flatten it as, uh, you know, manipulation, manipulation that yeah. they're loving to get love. And I think that it's because people are so fucking heartbroken around love. Like, I feel yeah. like yeah. love is so scarce and people feeling like true love in any sense, whether it's like a romantic true love or just genuine giving friendship. and lovingness, friendship, mm -hmm. uh, kindness, like everybody's real, like they want it so desperately. And yet because we live in such a fucking unfeeling world that they've mm -hmm. had to bury that like primal, primal desperate <laughs> need for love under all kinds of cynicism and all kinds of defensiveness. And I mean, that's like what as babies, like that's the first, like the merging essence in the Almas, you know, Ridwan kind of thing. It's like, that's like the primal experience that determines life or death and um, how fucking like just how heartbroken and how prepared we are for our hearts to, to be broken by other people. I think it just, it's a way to, I don't know, defend or, or deflect some of that profound vulnerability and that profound heartbrokenness over the sense that there's something like capital L love that is actually existing. Towards the beginning of you saying that, my brain immediately was like, well, yeah, because this has happened and this has happened and this has happened. Mm -hmm. And it's like, of course, we're not going to address it. And like, as you were saying that, my brain was like legitimizing that feeling, which is kind of funny, but it's just interesting how easily our brains go to defense mode. My therapist always tells me that it's much easier to suspect the worst than hope for the best. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that there's probably some cultural thing going on here because um, as a, I'm, I'm American pretty much at this point, but I do still have an, sort of an outside non-American perspective. And uh, the American culture is highly individualistic compared to a lot of other countries or other cultures where, for example, your parents, when they get old, it's expected that they're going to live with you versus the, the concept of sending your parents to a, a home or senior home is like unheard of in most places in the world. The idea of like the nurturing mother or um, like a, a community or a culture that nurtures and takes care of each other, um, it's a not very prominent in this culture. So like, I, I feel like there's a, an inherent cynicism around the archetype of two and what it represents compared to other places in the world. Yeah, I, th I think that other cultures, um, it's not just nurturing built in, but there's like, there's a way that in a, not taken for granted is not the right word, but the assumption that care is just a part yes. of like normal <laughs> human fucking life is right, like, right. it's much more there. It's not that like, I mean, it is amazing how much we as Americans like are so cynical and defensive against the idea of care or caring for others and i mean just like our our political discourse is constantly hijacked by like you know the the, the takers and like not you know like all that kind of shit it's just like a complete dehumanizing Constant. dehumanizing other people yeah. and and that people are not worthy people are not worthy of something i just to I don't know, bolster what you just said. I just saw a tweet from a, I don't remember who, a senator or something, who was saying, uh, he was like, where are we going to stop? If healthcare is a human right, then is food a human right? Are we going to give food stamps oh to everyone? God. And I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> food yeah, is a yeah. human right. Oh my God. 
<laughs> See, yes. and what yeah. I've thought of, I've thought of this too, is seeing all of this is kind of like, as politics have been more in the consciousness a little bit more, I think A, as we're getting older and B, as things are getting like fucking crazy. <laughs> Worse. <laughs> yeah, like really wild. As the world is ending. Uh, right, yeah, Nancy. Um, <laughs> and the call for care is so clear to me. Like, mm. can we just fucking care about each other? Can mm. we look out for one another? <laughs> can we get mutual aid? Can we care about trans people? Can we care about black people? That's mm-hmm. the call because we're in a society that doesn't care about that. And we're having to sort of band together and ask for it. And so that's why I get so like listening to the podcast sometimes. I'm like, okay, you're going to dismiss an entire group of people that are like willing, ready, and able to sort of like come to this call. Yeah. But at the same time, this is, this is what we're collectively asking for from each other. Yeah. Um, so I'm reconnecting to my Mi'kmaq ancestry. So um, I can see how much love and care is woven into the teachings of my culture and how much it's been taken away, like, and how lack of care is an agent of colonial imperial expansion. And like, uh, the, one of the things that, you know, has been done to my people um, is- Can you uh, mention who your people are? Can you- Yeah. Mi'kmaq. And say more so, about that. Yeah, so um, we are primarily, like most of our um, bands are in Canada on the East Coast. Um, so I'm Indigenous. Um, I've been reconnecting to that culture for like the last two and a bit years. I moved to be um, closer to the reserve as well. So I've been, you know, really taking the time to participate in community and like listen to the things elders have to tell us before they're gone. And um, like people that went to, if anyone knows what residential school is, the last one closed in Canada in 1996. And basically what that was is the like English Catholic church snatching up kids from their families as young as, you know, like five or something. Um, And like we have elders, grandparents alive today, even parents that went through that. And one of the things, like the way that they exert that kind of cultural control um, is depriving very young children of love. They deprive you of your name, your siblings, your opposite gender siblings, um, and any physical contact with each other. Like I can see how depriving people of care just completely, to put it bluntly, like warps everything. And for me, I have kind of always known that. And it's What's difficult, I think, about being a two is that, like, my heart is right there all the time. And people can see that and feel that from me, I think. And um, when I try to reconnect into my communities, like urban Indigenous communities, like, my own two-ness has been triggering for people because of those intergenerational traumas. Um, Not saying, oh, woe is me, because I, you know, I have a lot of fucking white privilege, but, like... (laughs) I, I see how bringing that energy into that space kind of awakens those cross-generational memories, you know? Yeah, I was going to say that uh, maybe something that's coming through in our criticisms of twos, especially for me and John, because our mothers are twos, mm-hmm. is that there might be, especially with four fix whatever, is that there is a way that you can 
uh, at least I can discount anything good, you know, and, and it's not to say that my my mom has been a very loving and caring person. She's the first person, if anything's going on with like a natural disaster or something, she's she wants to be on the front lines of like, you know, healthcare. Like she's a nurse. And so it's it's very easy for me to take that for granted because I grew up with a two mom who was just always looking for ways to take care of me. Um, to discount that as this is just a given. This is what my mom does. So I, you know, if I had to I tend to fixate on what's wrong. <laughs> what's wrong with this picture? You know, so it's I never noticed. You know, so it's that's all I'm gonna say, but it's kind of like it's a given that my mom is super loving and super caring uh to a fault um that I've taken it for granted. Um so that's just worth saying. I think I think that's a really good point. And I think that like speaking for myself and my experience with my mom, it's like you know, she's also a self-pres too. And she was also, she was a nurse before she had us uh, kids. And my mom is self-pres social. And there were a lot of ways that at the time that she was like being loving towards me and showing me love that I didn't understand as love. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a mm-hmm. lot of it was through taking like, so a couple of years, like several years ago, I went to India and I got dysentery and I had this whole experience where I really felt like I was dying and I was sort of, uh, I guess hallucinating and having all kinds of memories and stuff. And one of the memories that came up was of being really sick and my mom, like really attending to me and caring for me. And like, I'm the oldest of four kids. And so uh, there was like, you know, my mom's attention was spread thin and it was like one of the, like one of the more pointed times when I like understood my mom loved me, you know, like, cause she was Mm -hmm. like taking care, but um as a kid, there was a lot of ways that like she was offering a kind of practical, maybe self-pres style of care that I didn't like, it just wasn't like in my love language or template or whatever. And so being an adult, I've, I've come to like really see and appreciate how much my mom was caring for me, but I just didn't have the, like, uh, I don't know, the outlets or plugs or whatever to like receive it in that way. And so it did like for a while, I was sort of cynical because I couldn't see what love looked like. I could only see it through my own lens. And I think that sometimes the two energy in all of us, and especially actual twos, like uh, kind of challenge us to see that there, that love is, has more uh, flavors than what maybe we are specifically looking for in that moment. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I mean, just the things that I'm, I might've experienced as somewhat manipulative I could see, you know, growing up, eventually getting older, that my mom, her intentions were, that was her way of caring about me. And just being able to just have some empathy from from her point of view, like she's really, really pushing hard, you know, her personality is like, I really care. And this is the way that she's going to do it. And maybe uh, in certain instances, it would be pushy, at least the way I experienced it, but she's really trying to care. And um so yeah, it, it that's that, that's a big thing. Like, what is love, and how is it being how is it being expressed versus how I'm interpreting or receiving it? I, I think it's important too to not like discount the fact that there are unhealthy twos or less integrated twos. That manipulation is a, is like a side gig to that. It's not mm-hmm. to say that it yeah. doesn't exist, but not with like the malevolence that it seems that it can seem like, I guess. Mm -hmm. And also 
there's there was another thing like the the idea that we the the like penetration where I see somebody in need of help and I must penetrate you know it's like (laughs) I I know there are twos like that because I know them but I don't think this like podcast is going to be called not all twos but (laughs) (laughs) that's a great name for it (laughs) I thought it was going to be the terrible twos yeah oh that was what I thought too (laughs) we'll see I, I think a lot of us also have self-control and a basic (laughs) understanding of consent (laughs) (laughs) and there was something there was something Faye that you posted that I was like I'm gonna freak the fuck out because it was the um what what advice would you give to twos yeah Mm -hmm. and you know like a million people responded Uh and there was one and this isn't just like towards the person who said this I don't know who they are it's like such a common thing I think this isn't directed at this person but there was one that was like believe me when I say I care about you I was like okay John hey you're a four believe me when I tell you you're special mm. or hey mm. it's anxiety <laughs> believe me when I tell you like you're there's nothing to worry about mm-hmm. like oh right, my god just don't be your type and you'll yeah. Yeah. you'll do great <laughs> and then and then it yeah. would actually make it easier for me if you would like stop making me tell you you know it's like okay <laughs> groundbreaking <laughs> right right <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good fucking point. So, yeah, that was a good, there was a, a lot of interesting responses in that thread, not because necessarily uh-huh. I thought they were very accurate <laughs> or like evil, right. but right. The, people's sort of prejudices came out in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And there was, there was another one, there was another one about like, oh, this is what I would say. You're doing too much. It's annoying. Blah, 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 blah. They went on this long list. But oh. then at the end, they said, but I could never say this to a two because they would have an emotional response. And I'm thinking, well, you yeah, weak bitch, you weak bitch, you have four boundaries <laughs> right. that you haven't you haven't stated those boundaries to this person. Mm, and you're mm. upset for, yeah. for them crossing these invisible lines that they didn't know was there. But yeah, it's because they're a two, not because yeah. you don't have boundaries. Yeah, I was getting fired up. I'm getting fired right. up all over again. I need to calm down. <laughs> no, get go through fired that up. list. This is some good yeah. shit. Yeah. This yeah. is what we are here for. Emika, I knew you would like. It. I knew. I was like, you know what? Emika will give me permission for this. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The talk shit the old, podcast. The old Testament is coming out. <laughs> Just rage. <laughs> no, actually, I think that's good stuff because the that thread had a lot of. Um, people's genuine responses towards two so i think it would be worth Mm -hmm. looking at that list and addressing some of it yeah like for me i i feel like maybe what's ironic is that one of the things i'm most afraid of is accidentally crossing a line and needing too much from someone else like that fucking terrifies me like if i you know have an internal little fantasy or like inkling of like oh i should call this person i feel frozen with fear sometimes that I'm going to get rejected and that like it's not going to be received well or you know however you want to put it and like I tend to move through very cautiously and then occasionally you know like the two goo just fucking leaks out and then I'm I feel humiliated like I don't know what to do with myself so and then like when I first when I first um messaged you Nancy on Facebook like that was one of those instances where I was just like 
I have such positive feelings about this person. And then immediately I was like, what did I just do? Oh no. <laughs> I loved that, that uh-huh. message. Did, you didn't yes. respond. And I, I never like, oh respond. <laughs> I never respond to anything. Like, she I has a bothered. Boundary. Oh my God. No, I, I don't. Bothered. I just, I just read it and I went, <sighs> oh, that's really sweet. And then I put my phone down. <laughs> <laughs> and then, here I am having all of these like oh, no. worst case, like my my two and six together. She hates like, me. Oh no! Oh yeah. no! Not at all. Not oh. at all. That is, and I'm, I like, knew sweating uh, thinking about it. Oh no! Oh. I recently <laughs> thought about that and I was like, oh, you know, I never responded. I was like, oh shit, she probably thinks that I didn't like that. That I literally had that conversation in my head recently. No, for anyone listening, if you ever contact me and I see it and I don't respond, it means nothing. <laughs> means nothing you are nothing <laughs> no. Yeah, no that's that's the same thing it's like twos or like twos like people or not just twos like I, I even people with two fixes i know but even people that don't have that like actually uh Lots of everybody yeah everybody will message me and like sometimes i'll get back to him and sometimes i won't and every, you know and i just it's not because i don't give a shit it's sometimes i just i'm like juggling 20 million things or something yeah i wouldn't <laughs> message you i wouldn't message you in my wildest dreams john like no <laughs> he's not very approachable the, is he learning no the possibility Don't of, anybody no the possibility oh. of like not being responded to is like horrifying oh no yeah. stupid because it's like of course people have their own lives and i can tell myself all these things intellectually but like all of these stupid neurochemicals firing being like oxytocin hello like <laughs> come in and it's not there like i'm not plugging into anything and then i'm just like having to to self-soothe which is an interesting like i guess phrase for that because it's like tapping into like the the mommy baby cycle of like okay now i gotta be mommy for me like boo fucking who so so i'm interested <laughs> in this more uh like I'm interested in what the experience of like, you know, the word we usually use for the two is like a neediness, right? Like there's yeah. a kind of a neediness. And so mm-hmm. like, what do you experience in that kind of like, I need to reach out or kind of tension and what what are you kind of looking for and how have you related to your own neediness <sighs> and what does it feel like? And um, when do you feel in a sense satiated or in a sense like uh, fulfilled? Both y'all. Oh, that's that's juicy. Do you want to go first, Alex? Yeah, sure. I can go first. Um, well, the social blind helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so I feel it not never, but not very often in a in a bigger sense. Like I don't feel like I need to like I'm just sitting here and then all of a sudden I'm like <gasps> I must, you know. <laughs> I um I'm not really in touch with it right now. So it's probably either doing really good or really bad. So <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm really not. So maybe I shouldn't have gone first. Um, okay. I don't have, I really maybe. don't have a sense of the quote unquote neediness or needing to reach out to other for me to then acknowledge my own existence or get satiated from that. And I think this has something to do with this major shift that I've made, putting, mm. putting that energy into the work that I do, like the actual make money job career that I do mm-hmm. because the the consent and all of that it's already implied that's already taken care of so I don't need to ride the like two six anxiety about like am I should I should I not should I should I not 
it's already taken care of there. And that was strategic for me. So hold up. So you're saying that, um, that as a social blind, this hasn't, has always never, never been a huge thing for you or that it has been a huge thing for you, but you've made a shift. I think it has been a thing for me and I've made a shift, Okay. but also probably not as big as a thing if I had a social stacking. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody gets nervous to, to like reach out to it. Like, oh, I'm going to, maybe I'm going to go on a date with somebody or maybe like, you know, there, there's always nerves like that, but I've never felt if I reach out, I'll be needy to my friends or something like that. I don't, I, maybe I'm misunderstanding. No, no, no. I think, I mean, I think that that makes sense. There's not a whole lot of examples of social blind twos and that combinations it runs really counter to what people imagine two is. So um, it's really interesting right. because it's, it would mean that a two who is getting their needs met and the needs for uh, uh, connecting and nurturing self-referentially. So it's not mm-hmm. necessarily based on like, you're just like off in the corner somewhere. And if somebody, you know, swerves close enough and wants to your help and care, then you'll do it. But you're not like really overextending right. yourself. And right. Like, I'm like the NPC in the video game that you like remember where they are in the corner and you go yeah. like give them coins and I like give you a, something in return, but I'm never floating around. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, self-pressed sexual and two is I. It, it seems like extreme opposites, and so it's interesting to hear that. Um, uh, and so maybe that might inform to people what two really is when you re- divorce it from the social instinct. That maybe right. a lot of what neediness that people are sensing is coming from two plus the social instinct. Right. Like I do think I do think that has a lot to do. I almost feel like a secret too. Like I, I, I really, I really want to be a good person. I really want to be in service. I really want to help people, but I like have just a thick layer on top mm-hmm. that, like, you may not get into, and that's fine. Maybe our complaints are just with social types. <laughs> that would, that would um, right. This is about Faye. It's not about you, Alex. <laughs> okay, well, I'm gonna go. See you guys. Okay, bye. This, this, is, this is just what Faye wanted. Right. Not all twos. We're talking shit about twos. It's always about social twos. <laughs> uh, okay, but question, but question. Okay. So say, say you like someone does come into that corner and offers you those coins and they, um, you, you give them whatever they paid for and they just like throw it on the ground. How does that make you feel? Like you've come out of your self-pres, self-protection energy. You've like given them the time and attention and now they're rejecting it or what feels like rejecting it in some capacity. So like if, if you're, you're saying like if someone asks me for help, I, I give them help and then they like don't, there's like a something bad happens after that or it's like a rejection yeah. of, of my help. Well, then they're yes. an ungrateful twat. <laughs> 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 and I think... I think what an ungrateful piece of shit. <laughs> and then I go, but I'd help them again if they ask. And then I go back. Oh, mood. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, of course it makes me upset. And I think this is also because I've, you know, been looking and learning about the Enneagram through John and this podcast. It's not always. I mean, this is like a very, 
you know, dry version of what I go through. I mean, it used to tear me up if somebody would like, I would perceive rejection in some way, but not as deeply anymore. Mm-hmm. So no. now, yeah, now I think, well, that was a fucked up thing to do. And I might sit on it a little too long, but then I go, okay, well, they come around, they come around. So I don't know if this is changing the topic or not, but it feels related to me. Um, I was wondering from our twos about like, you know, there's this sense, it seems, of, of, of loving or being called to love or to offer or to nurture or something. And just like, you know, like any, any type has something essential that they're trying to offer other people. But uh, like what in y'all's experience starts to cloud your offering, so to speak, like what, what, how does it get distorted through your personality and like what comes out of it? Uh, and what is that? Like, what's the inner, like, you know, I could go, oh, well, twos when they're not healthy, they're like, blah, 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 blah. But that's like, mm. what in your experience is like, what kind of interferes with really expressing what you, I think what I'm hearing, at least that you are sincerely trying to express. I guess for me, and this is probably social as well, like kind of getting hung up on the way that it's going to be perceived. So it's almost like the packaging of it um, kind of obscures what's inside in the sense that it's like, I've, I've decorated this box for you so much that you can't even really open it. You might be able to shake and hear what's in there, but like the authenticity has a harder time bleeding through because I just, I want it to be perfect in a sense. Um, So there's like a managing of how it's going to be that sort of occludes what's actually being offered. Yeah. And like David has kind of brought this up before as well around like for, for me as self-pres last, like those things doubling up together, like there's a really big lack of self-reference, not in terms of what I'm interested in or whatever, but in terms of um, like self-discipline and just um, like spending time alone, even internally, like Mm -hmm. even when I'm by myself, I'm bringing people into my thoughts with me always. And um, I talked about this, um, this metaphor of like, I feel like I can't really participate in anything if I'm not bringing something like, I'll try to start conversations with people by I'm like, okay, what's like a really good meme right now? Because I don't know what to say. Like, <laughs> I can relate to that as a rejection. Type. Yeah, that's super <laughs> yeah, rejection. Yeah. yeah. And, and I do project out into the world, some, some, you know, rejection stand stuff that people who just sort of exist in social spaces and don't really bring something it really drives me up the wall like you're not <laughs> contributing something to this amount of attention that I'm giving you I want to delete you from That's existence so true. <laughs> I do the same thing I'm like I think it's jealousy or I'm like how dare you just, just <laughs> yes. sit here and and do this and people aren't like disgusted by you and I have, yes. to, like, I have to bring something to the table this is crazy I wish I could oh be fucking God. lazy like that, you know. Well, for me, it's <laughs> like you're not bringing anything. How dare you take up my time, attention, oh, okay. <laughs> anything? How dare you even expand and take up space without bringing something? Like okay. I need to eliminate you. <laughs> What's really funny about all of this is that when you guys say that you feel like you have to bring something to a social setting, my first assumption would be, well, you're doing that because you assume other people want it but it sounds more like you're doing that because you're afraid of other rejection types judging you it kind of <laughs> yeah. sounds like that yeah well it's, just, yeah, like, i'm well, doing it yeah. for myself like i'm judging myself it's like this yeah, is the way yeah, you yeah. exist you gotta you've gotta 
you've got to justify you your existence. You could, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're, exactly. You're projecting a rejection stance onto everybody. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I, I told yeah. John something similar where I was like, having this major breakthrough of like, oh, I don't have to qualify every feeling and choice I make. Like, I can just not mm. do something because I don't want to. Mm. I don't have to like lay no, out. No, I relate to that. I relate to like, that. <laughs> I don't have to like like lay out a whole six point plan and like like to convince somebody. And I think it's similar to the rejection thing. Is like not so much because I think people are asking me for it, but because because if I don't, and there, there's like a rigidity. It's just like you're a fucking loser. You're a fucking loser. That's all you hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Do you relate to that, Emika? Not necessarily that. I just feel like every second you're alive, you have to justify why you should be here. Like you can't, oh. you can't, you can't just, I don't know. It's like, you know, when I think, why do people, why would anyone like me if I, if there wasn't something that, I, you know, that I sort of represent or I'm bringing or, you know, like there's, it, this is deep unconscious stuff, but I mean, I, I, I yeah. of course I know that people like me for just existing, but on, on some level, I understand that if you're going to show up, you need to bring something. And then, so when people show up and they don't bring something, it really, it's, it really it's like, provokes me on a very deep level. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's like blasphemy. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, how dare you show up with nothing? Yeah. <laughs> Empty handed. <laughs> Well, this is terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like sometimes, like my dad was like, oh, uh, hey, I'm going to come hang out with you next week at your apartment. I don't think he's ever been to my apartment. And I was like, for what? (laughs) 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 And and I realized as I was saying how obnoxious that was, like, (laughs) why do you want to come see me? What's what are we doing? You know, just there has to be something, a reason why we're going to just hang out. You know, um, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably like being social blind too, because I feel like as SOSX, like I can kind of just hang out because a lot of what I'm offering is like my attention, my, my feedback, like my good loving energy or whatever. Like sometimes I will bring it to, if I'm really, really afraid of rejection, I'll kind of like dip into that third like repressed instinct of like okay well you know like maybe they like wine I don't know or or something (laughs) (laughs) but also like as a as a rejection type but a positive type I it like my ego tricks me into thinking that I'm not even thinking about rejection I'm just like isn't this such a great time la 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 like (laughs) when I'm in the Facebook group I'm constantly like generating these ideas for new threads where everybody can have a good time and I can have an excuse to share myself with you because I don't feel justified sharing unless I let you share too and I'm always you brought something by creating a sort of a mini forum right with a new thread idea yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Exactly. You also like, you also created the newest thirst trap thread, which I always go. appreciate. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I appreciate your contributions a lot. Thank you. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can think that I'm just just being, just hanging out, but there is, I guess, more of the agenda of two around. Like, I need to make this good for you because if it's not good for you, it's not good for me. Ew, like. How would I get any good juice from that if you're not also like sipping from that cup? It doesn't make sense. 
Okay, quick question, because this is one thing that comes up a lot, um, people saying that this love and care that twos have, that is conditional, and that's, mm. you know, what, what do you guys have to say about that? Because, I mean, what you just said about, like, I want you to have a good time, and if you're not having a good mm. time, I'm not having a good time. Like, is that part of sort of the conditions that you're tapped into, and what do you have to, what do you think about this notion that people have that twos are only doing what they're doing because of some kind of conditional, conditional payback that they're looking for? So for me, my love is not conditional, but my care might be. What does that mean? Um, if I have feelings of love towards somebody or something, those feelings are going to be very hard to stop. Like I'll have to trick myself into fucking hating you. Like that's what I did with my with my dad. Um, but otherwise, like, I'm always going to have those warm fuzzies or whatever, but I will kind of think to myself, if I'm not kind of getting back what I've put in, um, especially if I've like, tried to negotiate, like, like boundaries and care and time, attention, whatever, then I definitely have that moment of like, wow, fuck you, actually, like, I'm not talking to you again. I'm not, I'm not giving you my time. Like, I'll get into friendships with people a lot, even like, romantic relationships where I'm just like, going along with what they want. Um, this is like social stuff from too, as well, like, and um, like, whatever, whatever you like, it's okay. And then when I, I guess, come around to realizing like, oh, they're not gonna, I'm not gonna get that same energy then I'll ghost or even explode in some cases. Like I exploded on um, a certain ex of mine because he would often like, zone, I don't know, zone out when I was talking. And I just, mm. even when he talked about stuff that I didn't give a shit about, I was like, well, this, this matters to you. It's like kind of like being a mom to a toddler. Like they could be saying some <laughs> babbly doof bullshit, but you're like, oh, that's great, honey. Like, and I'm just kind of doing that for everyone. Oh, man. <laughs> This makes me paranoid now because every time oh. I get this kind of like two-ish attention, I'm like, are you actually interested in what I'm saying? Or are you just like giving me the attention that you think that I want at this point in time? <laughs> I feel like when I'm not into it, I come across as more nine-ish because the strategy of like checking out kind of mm -hmm. comes into my energy a bit. But if I'm like, oh yeah, like enthused, I'm I'm not like usually faking enthusiasm, but I am like pushing myself to like hold a space for you at least. Like that seems That's like the funny. least I can do. That's yeah. I feel I feel similarly fake like in Zooms. I feel mm. like I'm like really like I'll nod my head when someone says something if it's if people don't look like they're paying attention, just so the person who said something feels acknowledged. Mm. Like yeah. I, like I'm like really like face acting, I'm like, yeah, but you know, I'm like <laughs> giving it the <sighs> giving it the work so they don't feel like shit. <laughs> yeah. Um but similar to what you're saying, and, and maybe slightly different, I think because twos have a difficult time, maybe even identifying their own needs, and then even yeah. more so asking for them, a way to potentially get a debt is to do, do, do. Like if I do this and this and this and this and this, I won't feel so bad for asking for one thing in return. Mm -hmm. Right. And a lot, of the, Which, a lot of the things I do are very passive as well. Like right and I with, and I don't think yeah. it's ever like again the the maliciousness and the like sort of like evil <laughs> sound of that <laughs> conniving yeah like it sounds really nasty but 
if you were to put that tone on any other spin of the Enneagram, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and if you think about mm-hmm. it in the context of rejection, right, that there's a, mm-hmm. there's like a sad rejection piece underneath it all. Right. Yeah. Right. Which was so funny to me. I'm listening to the object relations and Emika, you're having this massive, like, it was like unpacking of like your own rejection. And it was like, so tragic. Yep. And really sad and yeah. so mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. emotional. The next one is twos, and you're like, yeah, okay. Um, anyway, and you're like, yeah, I'm still really, I'm still really up about how I delete this part of myself. It's like, well, you have a partner over here in two doing the same thing, but somehow yeah. that one's a little less interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. my, my line to two, like I've I told this. I don't know if I've told the story on this podcast, but you know, as as a child. In grade school, I I sort of, you know, this is like an eight style going to two where I was like the smartest kid in school. Like in Nigeria, the kids, the report cards are framed in such a way that you get your position in the entire school. So you, my report card would say like number one or number two, because that's, I got, that was where I was in the rankings. And so people would know me as the smartest kid in school and people would come to me for like help with homework and things like that. So I built a reputation as someone like who didn't give a shit about giving kids test answers, quiz answers, homework answers. And eventually that, you know, you use that as leverage to get mm-hmm. what you want. So I was kind of like this. <laughs> so, so I'm kind of like this kid oh who God. who uh was doing things like this. And then when you know opportunities would show up, I would collect <laughs> on mm-hmm. those figures. <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, get, get, you know, the other kids to do things with or for me. And so it's kind of like the same two thing is I'm just going to give people shit so that maybe in the future, one day, maybe when I ask you for something, you're going to give it to Mm -hmm. me. I can, Um, I can collect. Yeah. 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 I was, I, and that was like at a very young age, like, you know, five to eight (laughs) years old, you know, right, right, right. That's hilarious. (laughs) And I don't think I want to I want to clarify I don't think that it's every time a two does something nice for somebody they're logging it no no no, no. yeah and I do think the same way with the the previous thing that I said about boundaries and if they're not stated they can't be knowingly crossed it's the Mm -hmm. same thing if you give and give to anybody being a two or not and you start to feel like you're not getting what you want in return from the person if it's you know, a good friendship favors, whatever it is, if that person's not there for you, you'd get rid of them too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. you might be like, Hey, fuck you. Why aren't you, why don't you ever do anything for me? You know? <laughs> but when a two does it, it's like, Oh, look at you go. You're being so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Oh as, as, as much as I talked shit about my mom, it, I had the probably besides my eight sister, you know, the best relationship with her, uh, versus anyone else in my family because we sort of operate on the same thing you know like we talk Mm -hmm. to each other I know that she's helping me because she wants to but I also know that she's helping me as a way to form a relationship with me that also says that at some point she might ask me for something and I do the same thing too like you know I I know that I have to bring something in every relationship I assume that and I just do it. Mm-hmm. I don't do it wow. because I think, you know, that I'm everything I do is going to be tit for tat. Like if I help David or John or whoever with whatever. <laughs> There's a chalkboard in your head. <laughs> no, it's just like I'm doing this because, you know, this is kind of what I have to do to be in your life. Mm. And at some point it's assumed that 
I might do 10 things for you and I might ask you for one thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it just opens the door that we have this sort of reciprocal relationship that I'm not keeping track of it, but this is sort of the way I have to relate to you. And so I just, I get what she's doing. It, it doesn't bother me that she's, you know, inserting herself. In this. I do the same thing too, just not as um, positive type sweet, you know, as the way she's doing. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say my, my uh, fiance is <clears throat> a um, Stockholm nine. So he has a, a similar energy, but in a nine form. And um, I, it took, it, I'm still learning that uh you know when he does nice things they're he's not expecting like something in return but it's a little terrifying and I think this is my main problem with twos is like people who have two fixes or are twos are so in tune and I'm so very not in tune Mm. so when I Mm. see you know someone else doing it for me I'm like oh shit I didn't even think of that and it's like I feel like all the time when I'm around someone with a two fix or is a two I'm kind of like oh face palm like all the time why (laughs) didn't I think of that why didn't I think of that why didn't I do you feel incompetent Nancy Mm -hmm, for taking care of other people because I'm like (laughs) like I just I I just don't think about it at all and then I'm like oh right I should have brought fucking wine to dinner like that's what you do and I'm like but why though Mm -hmm. So I see. I see. So it like ch- it challenges the competency type a little yes. bit when you have someone who's like constantly thinking on like I have to bring something to the table. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I am the I gift. am the table. So, like, yeah. I'm the fucking table, bitch. <laughs> I would have prize. to bring anything. <laughs> so something I want to come back to um that I think is important to uh, highlight is I think, Faye, when you were talking about, like, basically, like, giving people social attention, and Emika, you said something in response about, like, well, I don't, like, I'm suspicious sometimes, or I'm I'm paraphrasing, but, like, when uh, a two is, like, you know, doing something, like, giving me social validation uh, as a a, a kind of, like, kind gesture versus when they really feel it. Yeah, and and I think that there's something to that that like uh, that that does create sometimes a a tension with some twos. At least I've experienced that in my life, where you know I don't know if they're actually interested in my autistic rants or uh, <laughs> you know, or if I'm just like boring them. What brings up for me is you know the rejection type that we're thing that we're speaking to in two is the rejection of uh, the protective function, which translates into a certain rejection of my own autonomy. And when, what that translates into is sometimes I'm, I discount my own needs and preferences, not in the sense of like, oh, I don't know what my own needs are that some people kind of simplify too into being, but it's sort of like uh, just imagining a two like talking to me and like hearing me talk about Egypt. Uh, like, I don't know if they're like bored as fuck mm-hmm. or if they're humoring me. And part of what, at least, at least from my perspective, is I'd much rather they like behave like they're bored as fuck if they're bored as fuck. Right. And I'm not trying to like say that all twos are just going to like would humor me in that situation, but just use it as an example. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I think what helps would help like, and, and this kind of came up Faye, on the, on the thread you put uh, out about like, what advice would you give to twos? Um, the thing I said was something along the lines of, I think in this, you know, and Alex, you can jump in if this is overly tailored to twos with a social, more social instinct, but it was something along the lines of, 
not it's not like oh twos you got to stop giving or like you should learn when i say i love you but i think twos do benefit because they're they have a line to four and a line to eight which are both very self-referential types that having more interest and investment in their own experience for its own sake uh is like a is a growth point for two because you can still do the two kindness and giving and attentiveness uh but coming from a place where people don't feel like are you actually interested in what i'm saying or are you are you just being kind to me because i think that's a that's a gray area where it, uh like people not knowing or feeling like the two is is on one hand giving genuine like social kindness but it's not like the two's not feeling the uh what am i what's the word i'm looking for like if i was talking about egypt you know and you're just listening to it for the sake of uh, being like, oh, well, John's clearly a lonely person who no, you know, then then I feel foolish if I suspect that, you know, you're just humoring me versus like, oh, John, like I'm interested in like this thing you have to say about the pyramid. And then, then like, I'm good now. Let's talk, you know what I mean? So you yeah. mean like the, the kindness is disingenuous therefore it feels like you've been tricked into like a, not I wouldn't tricked, say tricked. But, uh, I, don't I think, think I think the, ki- I think the kindness is bit. genuine. I think the kindness is genuine, but I feel like sometimes like if I was to go on about Egypt and you were not interested in it, but you were sort of showing me like, yeah, yeah. And I, the intent would obviously be to like not shame me, which is like really like wonderful and, and something I can appreciate. But if, but if you're not interested in it, uh, you know, then it's that thing of like, oh, fuck, I just made a fool out of myself by spilling all this shit that I'm fascinated by that, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I was just going to uh-huh. say like, seeing you take joy in that some often is enough for me like I'm like wow like he's so look at this thing he loves he's lighting up like a little kid you know and like that like I feel that in my heart space and like having someone choose to even like wow they want to share that with me right now like I feel almost Mm. like hashtag blessed about it or whatever um of course then I would just hope that they would kind of allow a little bit of that space for me it's like maybe I want to like vulnerable share but like um I'm on the spectrum so like my tuitionist has like a I'm gonna info dump about my relationships edge to it and sometimes like when I'm going on or like boring David on the phone or something I'm just like wow I hope that this is okay um so I kind of have like a an experiential empathy for that Mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. um so it's like i i like that you rant about egypt i don't know <laughs> thank you <laughs> that's that's all that question was wasn't it yeah. john you, you like egypt <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I turned that into a validation fest sorry <laughs> here i go no, no. what i was gonna say about i did read what you said john on the on the advice mm-hmm. and i do think there is there that's a quality piece of advice to be for a two to be just as invested in their own experience as much as they're worried about others' experience. Mm-hmm. But then there's this like strange little crossover when you're like, but can you be genuine about your experience about listening to Egypt so that I feel better about talking mm-hmm. to you about Egypt or not? Mm-hmm. And so there's like, I don't know, I, that's just something I noticed, but I definitely do think that, you know, if someone's talking to me a lot, I may not 
stick as long as another two, but I'll give you like, a, oh yeah, okay, cool. Mm, I have to go. Like I'll just, I'll, I'll just leave. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for me, like you know, like I, you know, again, not to make the top, like it's not about what I talk about Egypt or whatever, but just as an example no, no, no. of yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I think sometimes like, and what I'm sort of thinking about in terms of the anchoring to four and eight for two would be like, you know, this is like what anybody's seeking when they share is some level of mutuality and not necessarily even to be always even received, but, but to sort of say like, all right, where are we actually like actually able to touch each other? You know, like where are we Mm -hmm. actually being able to reach across and like shake a hand on this thing or uh, touch hands on this thing. And so I think like, my experience at twos is sometimes I, I think having a little bit more um, like Faye, when you're saying like, oh, well, you're speaking to Egypt and it's really touching me, you might like more articulation or something of like um, of, oh, my experience, you know, like like from from an anchoredness in your own interest and your own experience of being like, you know, I don't really understand what you're saying, but I appreciate this. And I'm really and I'm curious, you know, this kind of a thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that that kind yeah. of like that, that's like that, that. uh the rejection type being able to hold a bit more of their own experience with the other person's experience. Cause I think that sometimes the trouble for twos arises when it's like, Oh, this person is offering this or speaking to this or something. And suddenly I'm like, my attention is maybe like 70% them and 30% myself. Whereas like, I think uh, that like the invitation for twos is to be like 50 me, 50 them. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes mm-hmm. more sense. I think there's also kind of a clash going on here with um, the rejection, not the rejection, but the reactive type versus mm, the mm-hmm. positive, because this is not just a problem for or yeah. issue. Not I don't want to say problem, but issue for um, the way that reactive types might experience twos, but also maybe for nines, because you're, we're talking about a different style of uh, positive type that for nine is like, I'm just going to absorb whatever this uh, person is giving me. So, you know, like for this example, like John talking about Egypt, uh, maybe the nine wouldn't say that they weren't interesting because they, they just wanted to, to hold space for you. And, and that to them is what love is that whatever I'm going to give you the time to say and share your interest. But as a reactive type, it's like, I want to know if this is hitting your back walls or not. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know, yeah. and and it's kind of like I want to know specifically when it's mm. not. Yes. You know, like yeah. if, if I'm talking Give to you, feedback real time. Yeah. yeah, like for John, it's like let's say he's talking about Egypt. He wants to know when he loses you. Like maybe yeah. you're right, initially right. interested. <laughs> it's not that. Um, I mean, he appreciates the gesture that, and I would appreciate mm-hmm. anyone would appreciate the gesture of sticking by. It's, it's, staying in there and caring and providing that attention. But as a reactive type, it's like, I want to know how interested, to what degree, to what point. Um, so mm. that that kind of tells me where you're at and where I'm at and your degree of interest in this topic to begin with. So I think that's what, what the, uh, the friction there is. Yeah. yeah, well said. Yeah. I'm so afraid to communicate that to people. Like, I, I don't even know what I think will happen if I do. It's almost like um, the little... I don't know, cozy dwelling of positive relations or something will just like burn down or whatever. And then I'll be like naked out in the open. Like, what do I even do? And my senses are shocked. Like, it's like a really somatic, shocking experience almost to kind of like, I don't know. um, I mean, I can relate to that feeling for sure. Like that, that deep 
cold rejection. But then I remember mm. that like Emika has friends and he <laughs> talks shit at everybody. <laughs> and so so me not victims. behaving <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or so me behaving not perfectly in a social situation or in a relationship situation is actually not the end of the world. And it's a little sometimes it feels a like kind of selfish to behave that way like we we don't have that much power mm-hmm. to predetermine someone is going to hate us if we do x y and z like we actually don't have that much power and all we can do is just you know be that's and try to be point. good because that's the two you know the two spin on it but yeah i i really honestly i'm like i'm sorry to use you as this example i just think like okay you know I'm because a dick and he, people love that. I like him. So <laughs> I can do this one thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that there's something yeah. about the rejection story, direct rejection type story in that if I don't bring this, then nobody's going to give a shit about me, you know, thing. Yeah. And so that's mm. sort of what amps up the, the type structure in, you know, in different ways. And like with eight, there's this weird thing where I feel like you're not, like this is this is crazy to think that I would even think this but a lot of times yeah. I feel like you're not coming with enough energy here you know and like I have no idea what size of my impact is and I'm always surprised whenever mm-hmm. I see photos of myself and I'm like what the fuck look at that guy you know or like look at myself in the mirror I'm like damn like you're like too much like too much energy I don't but on my own, I always feel like I'm not bringing enough. It's fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Wow. I feel like yeah. watching other people get rejected is super hard for me as well. I can't like, do it. I, yeah. Mm. Like, I. this is why I don't like, you know, any comedy that has ever come out of anything vaguely looking like Hollywood and why I've, like, gravitated towards meme culture is because so much of that humor is predicated around, like, people being embarrassed um, and, like, being told no and all of those sorts of things I can't do it like mm. it's painful I yeah. get why other people would enjoy it but I I think I just something I have to do is like accept that experience into my like cabinet of experience you know mm-hmm. yeah my boyfriend loves like my cringe and like super heavy cringe videos it makes me oh. want to die. <laughs> like, want to fucking die. It's so, it really, I mean, and I know that's the feeling and it just like really blows my mind that some people like that feeling. <laughs> like they like to watch to like feel that. I'm like, I, I'm trying to avoid this at all costs. And there's like hundreds of thousands of people like searching for it. <laughs> Well, I'm kind of, I'm kind of rewinding things a little bit, but I think, um, Alex, your point about like, you know, like Emika, it's, it's never, uh, ambiguous where he stands with you and, you know, like everybody, I mean, not everybody actually, we we all love Emika. (laughs) A lot of people fucking hate Emika. You were about uh, to say everybody hates Emika. (laughs) Projecting my, projecting my feelings, but, uh, But, you know, uh, yeah, so you know, one of the things I think that uh, two learns from eight is like, is what Alex, you were speaking to is like, you can't really control people's response. And that, you know, like, at least like, stating where you are, like you're, you know, like we use for nine emotional location, but it's sort of similar for two in a way. It's like, like, just sort of 
being is the word you use, like just being and responding from your being. I think that's like, you know, that's like starts to actually clarify, uh, like, like, first of all, people, I think just feel like you're, you know, they can, they can see you and you can see them. And there's like a real relationship that happens then because the, the, any kind of managing it is gone. But also, you know, I think sometimes at least I know twos that have struggled with who do I give my energy and love to? Like I have all this, um, all this potential to offer. And I think some twos get caught up in giving it to the wrong people or giving too much to the wrong people. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that by standing in one's own kind of like, you know, uh, autonomy, one's own experience more, you know, that 50, 50 thing I was speaking to earlier. Uh, I think that starts to like the people that are like little fucking vampires, like, you know, they fuck off. Right. Yeah. I mean, that is like a, a genuine concern and I feel like say I heard you kind of nudge to this is like people can smell when when you're willing to give too much Mm. and they'll keep Mm -hmm. like tapping that thing dry Uh and you'll be none the wiser until you're like wait what it just happened to me because it's not that 50 50 relationship because you're so concerned about how the other person is perceiving you or feeling around you that all of a sudden you have nothing left and they keep coming back and back and back and you're supposed to bring 10 times for every one that you take exactly yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know if this follows from uh where we are in the conversation but Faye, you and i had a pretty intense conversation a week or two ago and um i don't know if we've already hit on whatever the sort of central thing of what was going on for you in that conversation but is there anything um you know what what was that about for you and I don't know if you want to explain the conversation or Uh, yeah it's almost like it had a meta importance to it for me because it wasn't even just the fact that we were talking about like the ins and outs of the two ego it was also the fact that I was crying my fucking eyes out to you and I was like, if I, if I do this to this person, like maybe they won't want to talk to me anymore um, because I'm not giving you the good time that like I promised yeah. with, you know, like my signature of the contract of giving you that good time is the, the damn smile on my face, you know, and that's not what's happening. Um, and I think. So I just, might have rejected you for, for crying and not being smiley, so to speak. Pretty much. And not even explicitly smiley, but just like, I'm not like you're having to give to me, you're giving me your, your presence and your time and energy. And like, what if the things that I'm talking about don't matter to you? Or what if it's, what if I'm disgusting right now? And Mm -hmm. all of these possibilities are being like laid fucking bare. Um, Is is there a way to, by the way, frame up what the hell happened there? Can you set the stage? So I think I told you that I was um, kind of easing into, you know, getting into business with another Stockholm friend. And I was expressing to you that SP, as much as I revere it, like it's so foreign to me. Like it's, I feel like I'm feeling around for a light switch in a dark room, like waiting for things to be illuminated. And I have no, I can't, I can't feel anything. I can't see it. I don't know how to give that kind of structure to my life and even just like being on the line for, for something tangible 
really scares me. And then you were kind of talking about how, um, oh, I just have to hack my, my two ego and like remind myself that I can't be the, the good giving person that I want to be unless I, I find that SP. And I think it just triggered that, oh shit, what if I don't? And then I kind of, I was about to do the thing that I usually do where I was like, oh, I, I want to cry right now, but like, that's not important. And you were kind of like, no, let, let's do this. And it became this whole kind of experience where you, you got to hold the space for me in a particular way for a change. And it was really hard for me to even describe how what you said triggered me because I was also busy like articulating to you, like, I'm really scared right now. Um, <laughs> but we, we ended up moving through that and it was really cool. If I recall, um, and I probably don't, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> huh? I was kind of, um, I don't know what you'd call it, um, facsimilating a, a sort of, I don't know, line of thought that was somewhat actually kind of berating you for not having self-prez. Like if you don't, yep. and that was kind of what brought it on. And it, and it was, um, I don't know, just had some, uh, I really don't remember, but it was <laughs> um, like how you not serving your own self-prez was going to make it to where you couldn't, you know, be, have the energy for your own giving, caring, and people were going to have to do all of that self-prez stuff for you, right? And so then that, that's kind of a trigger for two. Yeah. And I normally hide that by, I know that there's being a social sexual Stockholm too, like the, there's like, it's like probably the most vulnerable to you could create. Um, and I think sometimes when I know that I, I can't give you the self-prez or give myself the self-prez, I can get maybe those needs met by like fetishizing them somehow. Like, mm, like I, I'm such a young little prodigy and, and, and look at all of these, not only time and attention things I offer, but like all of these like soft skills. And then it was kind of like a, hey, look, you can't really totally sidestep the hard skills though. And that just kind of like broke something in me, I guess. Um, but it was important to go there, I think. So again, it was somebody holding space for you was part of I, what was I difficult. Like I yeah. Because mm -hmm. I hadn't, hadn't earned it yet. You hadn't given me 20 things to my one holding <laughs> space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. wanted to make sure that you weren't like, you know, uncomfortable or repulsed before you entered that space with me. And I, I, because mm. I was like more emotional, I couldn't, I couldn't gauge it. And I, I right. didn't know what the outcome would be after either. So yeah, I, I remember kind of steering you back into your emotion. Don't, don't tend to me and what I'm feeling. Right. Was, yeah. Whenever I like fuck up socially or something like, or like, you know, if John asks a question in this forum and I, I don't answer it the way it was intended to, I'm like, fuck, I took the wrong tool out of the box. That's always like kind of how I'm framing things. It's like, oh, if I had just done this thing differently, then I would have got this outcome that we all wanted or something. And like, because it didn't happen this way, it's my fault. And I didn't like, that's, I think a bit of the wing three competency too. Um, I, I like stressed over the way I worded things to that message in Nancy too. I was like, oh, if I had just if I had just done this differently, if I just made it more appealing, if it was cuter, oh, no. something. 
<laughs> I, I wouldn't have lost. I wouldn't have lost this thing. And um, not being asked to not tend to that was like fucking mind blowing. But again, important. Mm. Yeah, I can relate to that somewhat as a sexual type in, in the sense of completely erasing the self, like people caring about me for me. It's more mm. like, what is, what am I bringing in terms of uh, sexual display? And it's like, well, if I would have just, if I would have made this adjustment, maybe she would have, you know, but not mm. dis totally discounting the, the, the fact that people just might not be into you not because of what you're doing, but just because of you, period. Like, And there's you know, nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do about that. But there's always kind of like, a, you know, with the eight stuff is like, I can strategize my way into making you respond to me the way I want you to respond to me, you know? Oh, yeah. I feel it's like weird... like strategize is the the male accepted form of manipulation. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I can always count on you to talk the best shit. Yeah. <laughs> By the I way, need is, girl lessons. Are there any more? Is there any more stuff that you guys, your Alex, you want to point out or pay from oh, the thread? Anymore. Any more shit talk? Because there's still a lot of tea on this thread that you might want to point out. <laughs> People were going wild in that thread. I feel like I always start these oh, wild threads, and I'm like, what have I done? <laughs> the forum has a lot of action these days. So thanks to social types mm -hmm. like you. Thanks to a social type like you. Wow. Emika just handed you a card with flowers and hearts around it. Oh, I ate that shit up. And it wasn't Molly night. Oh my God. I've told David this before. I was like, I have the personality of MDMA. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 That makes yeah. Sense. yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I don't have to be on that shit around you guys because it's like, Oh, you're going to be on that shit. <laughs> no, <laughs> you yeah. don't want me to be trust. No, but it's because like... see, here's the thing is if you're not on it, then you won't bring quite enough. <laughs> I'm going to fucking kill you. I get, I guess for me, like when other people around me, like are doing Molly, my experience is, oh, finally, like this is, mm. this is, oh, this is what I've matching. been waiting for. Like. So. Yes, it's like you finally match me now because it's like people's hearts just go like, blah, like Sailor Moon transformation <laughs> style. Yeah. You know? yeah, and I'm like, yes, like bathing in that shine. Yeah, we Blooding. were all sitting around telling each other why we loved each other when we did oh Molly in New Orleans. That's my fucking dream. Like that's my emotional orgasm. Imagine that's Amica it. doing that. That makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> 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 Yeah, wait till you See, do I, it, and you're telling everybody why you love them. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like I like repress that because oh, I know wow. that's what it makes. You, I go eat it, you stupid bitch. You're not telling any of these people. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid. <laughs> no, I feel like I see people from afar, like talk or interact or whatever, and then like I can kind of like get in my head what interacting with them would be like, and I'm like, oh, like I already want, I already want this too much and like now I have to forbid myself from engaging with them because they're gonna know like how much I care already if that makes yeah. sense yeah 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 that's that's a heavy load <laughs> yeah yeah it is that's a heavy load I feel like a lot of that must must be this the social attack mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah with the two that expression mm -hmm. and the self-pres 
being last as well. There's no, like, there's no wall. And I'm just like desperately trying to build one all the time. And it's like, but this wall is made of honey and it's melting. Like, fuck mm. me. Mm-hmm. I'm looking oh, at these, okay. these pieces of advice. It's funny because I'm reading it as if someone is just telling it to me and I'm having a hard time remembering that it was actually like posted and asked for. I'm like, who the fuck are Mm. you to tell me? (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) Oh, Oh, wow. Um, Some of them are just so condescending. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like, that's the thing. I think there's this like tone of baby and maybe this is like a chestnut thing. Like, Mm. we're not, babies yeah like yeah. I'm not I am yeah. not weak imagine caring so much and then being like shit on for it and then still choosing to care like I'm not a little bitch yeah yeah that's, that's a great fucking point because uh there was like on one of the groups there was a or group discussions or whatever there was a argument about a certain person if they were uh, four or two right and uh Joseph actually is the one who mentioned that you know twos are pretty tough like there's this you know that the that rejection type thing there's like a there's a form something formidable about twos they're not little wimpy babies and i think that that is uh you know you mentioned the chestnut thing the self-prize too uh for for listeners uh (laughs) in the in the the naranjo whatever subtype for the self-prize two is like twos that are act like little babies that want to be taken care of which is so totally not too and totally incorrect definitely but, not self-prez too yeah exactly De- yeah exactly it's like double up that kind of self-reliant yeah. rejection thing i i do the baby thing a little bit but it's like i'm in control of my own infantilization mm-hmm. like it's like yes. oh shit yes. oh yep. shit i'm vulnerable here let me craft the vulnerability in a way that's like appealing and like with the social that's like brandable so that right. I I can be like at least if I'm going to be weak I can do it in a like sexually precocious kind of way or something or like in a way that's like oh wow like you're clearly struggling but you know you're you're handling it so well like you're gaining all of these all of these lessons from it like good job at suffering little too like I'll take that mm-hmm. at least but it's not the same as like I think I really saw the difference between that and like say like maybe like a a six or a nine core (laughs) where it's like they're not trying to control the image of what their vulnerability is expressed it's just like support me see me and it it doesn't have like a bend to it maybe Mm -hmm. i don't know if that makes sense Mm -hmm. it's more immersed and less uh image conscious maybe partly Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and maybe that's something that you know in our negative comments about our mothers is that we're hyper aware of how strong twos can be. Yeah. And, yeah. And how, you know, like I'm not looking at my mother as some weak individual. She's very strong. And, you know, um, so there's a way that you kind of have to be careful about your boundaries. Um, not because she has evil intent or anything like that, but it's like, this is a formidable person, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Not in a bad way, but like There's, this person can this person can really swoop in and take care of you, um, and maybe you know some people might feel vulnerable about that, but this is not a pushover mm-hmm. at all. Well, I think this is a, a like kind of a vestige of like a cultural thing: vulnerability, um, weakness, like those things, like uh, soft, 
whatever baby like it's it's all kind of understood as the same thing like you can be vulnerable and formidable at the same time you can be mm-hmm. these things like just because you care doesn't mean you know that you'll take shit there's yeah. there's all these different kind of contrasts and those things that i think specifically in our culture you know men don't cry you don't like that mm-hmm. kind of shit it's like well no and i think that's part of the reason why twos get this baby mark or this weakness associated with them because they care yeah how do you i don't know come up against something or win some kind of conflict or struggle while still being openly vulnerable like i feel like that puts me in an underdog position a lot of the time and i still somehow like refuse to give that up which is say that again like one of the things that bothers me most um and this was like part of me realizing i was a two was like when you're watching a movie and there's like that like supposed eightish like character that's like just like totally harping on someone who's really really sensitive or something and like Mm -hmm. I'm just sitting there seething like trying to come up with comebacks and I can't because I'm too invested in like being heartfelt that I can't kind of like turn on or bring out the teeth enough and it's like there's a humiliation in that but there's like a certain strength as well because it's like I'm I guess I'm still willing to take those I don't know beatings sometimes because I refuse to be jaded like I just I can't Mm. do it okay so I see so instead of like in confrontation you may not be like verbally like back back at it or matching them Mm -hmm. per se but your silent protest is to like continue to feel positively yeah like Fuck you! You can't take my heart away from like, me. Yeah, like, yeah. Never I'm fucking still will. right, 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 right. Yeah, there's a lot of strength in that to be able to <laughs> love people despite whatever. I sometimes wish I could turn it off and like access, like, because there it is. It is vindicating to have the upper hand and um, say not with to Stockholm, to know babe. that like you're untouchable. <laughs> We're fucked. You yeah. and I are fucked. <laughs> Just keep taking abuse. <laughs> Yep, that's what we do. <laughs> that's why we learn to like it. Yeah, that's Stockholm. We're yeah, not exactly. wired to give it, so we have that's, to be. That's wired. what I'm counting on. Yeah, we have to be. Wired yeah, to take exactly. It. That's yeah. <laughs> Something's wrong if someone's not abusing me today. What have I done? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I actually yeah, reject that's, that's friendship dramatic. from people that are too nice to me. Oh, well, that Whoa. works out well. It works yeah, out well, well for a certain type. That must yeah. be why you like me, because <laughs> yeah, <I'm> because... <laughs> abuse. I have certain fans. Yes. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I keep coming back for David's constant meanness towards me. It's true. <laughs> yeah, we all do. Yeah. <laughs> it's a. It's the nine delivery makes it a little more palatable. Yeah. People love to get that smooth creamy abuse mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> spread that creamy abuse all over me mm-hmm. uh, oh my god right. well this is pretty good yeah this yeah. has been a good yeah, yeah really good we uh um, we i hope this is a good offering to twos out there that <laughs> we do love you and appreciate you even though we talk shit about you doesn't mean we won't talk shit about you in the future but hopefully this episode allows us to talk 
even more shit. In yeah, it. that's right. We brought yeah, it ten times. Need to talk, we yeah. it ten times so we can talk shit one just, time. Yeah, just, exactly. <laughs> just like the correct offering. <laughs> all we've been asking for is that you talk more accurate and better shit about us. Oh, wow. <laughs> Look at the shit-talking queen over here. <laughs> Roast me harder, pull, pull daddy. Yeah. She is. <laughs> She's like, we love step you, it up, and okay. we see you. Yeah. And we'll continue doing exactly what we've been doing. <laughs> it's going to change. <laughs> All right, well, thank you, Faye and Alex. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's great. Thank, thank you. Guys. Okay. Bye. Bye. Later. Bye. Bye. Bye.